You're listening to episode 18 of the Journey to Launch podcast, how couples can get on the same financial page and build wealth together. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 guys. I am excited. I feel like I say I'm excited every episode, but that's because I am excited. I'm excited to bring you this podcast episode with El Martinez from Couple Money, the Couple Money podcast and blog. And before we jump into all this goodness that El is going to share with you and I today, I want to just say if you are enjoying the podcast, I say this in every episode because Obviously, it's important to me. If you are enjoying it, please continue to share with your friends and family. Let's make this idea of financial freedom catch like wildfire. Let's have it grow. I want Journey to Launch to get out there, but there is nothing better than just organic growth and people finding out about me through their friends because you trust your friends, you trust your family. And if you had someone come to you and say, hey, there's a podcast, there's this girl who's talking about retiring early and financial freedom. You need to get on it. Tell your friends. First of all, do you want to be the only one of your friends or family retired early or rich? Because then you'll be by yourself and you'll have no one to hang out with. So it's best if you get your people on board with you on this journey. So share it with them. Also, if you are listening in iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, as they call it now, please leave a review. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. The reviews are extra important to get the podcast more out there. Even if you're not listening in Apple, that's totally fine. You can find the podcast really anywhere. So I'm just glad you're listening. And if you signed up for the Automatic Millionaire Book Giveaway, you will be notified if you won today. So thank you so much for entering the contest. I got some great reviews. And don't worry, for all my people who are not iPhone or Apple users, I know this contest in particular was kind of segmented only to those users, but I'll be having more contests, more giveaways that will include everyone. Oh, and I have two huge announcements to make. I'm going to wait until the end of this episode to make them. That way, all my ride or dies, my real journeyers, you're going to hear it if you stick around to the end. And no, you should not fast forward, but two big announcements. All right. So stick around for the end. I think they're going to be pretty good ones. And so with L today on this episode, we're going to talk about so much. I mean, think about it. Money is one of the leading causes of stress and issues in relationships. And that's what Elle talks about on her podcast, Couple Money. So whether you are dating or married, getting on the same financial page with your partner is crucial to accomplishing your overall life goals. So on today's podcast, I'm talking with Elle from Couple Money, and she explores how couples can build their finances together. And she just won Best Family Finance Blog at the 8th Annual Plutus Awards at FinCon. When I saw that she got that award, I was so excited for her because I know she's been at this for a while. So it's great when you get recognized for all your hard work. And in the episode, we talk about a lot of things, but specifically we talk about just how couples can merge two opposing goals and visions for the future and compromise on what they both want, the four types of money dates that you should go on with your partner, the importance of building a budget together, how couples should manage their finances. Like, you know, do all couples need to merge their finances or can they keep them separate? Also, how do you prepare for the major milestones as a couple? So having a baby, buying a home, how do you do that as a couple? And then we talk about so much more stuff that I can't wait to get into. And I really thought this podcast episode was important because it wasn't until my husband and I got on the same page With our finances, it wasn't until we set a common goal and together worked at it that we were able to take our saving and investing to the next level. So I know I get asked that question a lot. 
And I think I told you this. I want to have my husband on the podcast where we would just have like a candid discussion about him coming on board with this crazy journey of mine and making it our journey. And so I can't wait for that to happen. But in the meantime, I think it's great to hear from Elle on just ways in which you and your relationship, what you can do differently. And listen, even if you're single and you're potentially looking for a partner, if you get on this now where you can have these conversations or at least start weeding out partners based on what's important to you, then this is great knowledge to have. So I can't wait to get into this episode. And without further ado, let's go. Hello, Elle. Thank you so much for joining the Journey to Launch podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So I want you just to give a little quick intro about what you do and yourself. Sure. Well, I'm Elle Martinez. I'm the creator and host of Couple Money, a personal finance site and podcast focused on helping spouses work together, not only on building their finances and their wealth, but also their marriage. And I didn't start off talking about personal finance. I was actually a business major specializing in operations management. But slowly I fell in love with this idea of working together on our finances and found that other couples were in the same boat and wanted to do the same thing. First, Elle, I just want to let everyone know where we met. We met at Podcast Movement. We were both in the media lounge and you were so nice and you gave me your book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, a four-week guide to building wealth together. And I took it and I was like, wow, this is exactly the stuff, the content that I'm looking to showcase on my podcast. And because we also are in the FinCon community together, I thought it was just like a perfect way to talk to you. And I read the book and I said, I have to have you on the podcast to explain some of these amazing concepts that you have in a book, because obviously money and relationships are pretty important. It's one of the biggest things we have in relationships. Yeah. And first off, I had a lot of fun meeting you. That was a huge conference, but it was nice to chat with you, even though it was briefly over a few days. And I had an incredible time. But the ironic thing is money is not the most important thing. But when you're not in sync and when your money's not working, it can be such a drag, such a weight on your relationship and on your marriage. Right. And I think in your book, you I think what was the percentage of couples that say money is a leading cause of stress and arguments? When they did the survey, it was, I think, over a third. It was like 35%. It was insane. Through the years, I've been writing since I think 2009. And it's always the number one or number two reason for divorce, even higher than infidelity. Financial infidelity seems to be a bigger issue. And yet we don't talk about this as couples. We only deal with maybe the surface levels like, okay, we got to pay the bills and so forth. So there's definitely a need for it now. Right. Like you said, it's one of those things where you don't really discuss it until it's a problem. (laughs) And usually by the time it's a problem, it's almost too late. So I wanted to have you on because you have such good tips in your book about how a couple can start to have that conversation and manage their money together. But first, why did you start Couple Money? Are you married? Were you wanting to find ways to speak to your spouse about this? (laughs) Well, the real gist of it is I started a couple money because we needed it at that time. I would say we were ahead in the game in terms of when we got engaged, we said we're going to sit down and talk about money and we laid out all our numbers, but we immediately saw that we saw things differently with our finances. And at that time I was looking at different personal finance sites and there were a lot of great ones out there, but I couldn't find one that addressed all those awkward conversations, all those necessary, but sometimes difficult conversations. How do you, as a couple, work together? How do you respect each other and find a way to handle your finances? Because what works for me might not work for you, but there's at least some common threads or some icebreakers that we can use to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And one thing you talk about in the book is that it is very important to find your why. And when you say that, do you mean individually first? Do you say that a person individually should find their why and then as a couple discover the why? How can one navigate finding their why? Don't wait till you're married to start asking those questions. Answering for yourself is always important. 
I'm a romantic, but at the same time, I don't say marriage completes you. It, it expands yourself. So have that answer why some people think why means you have to have things completely mapped out. But what are you working towards? What's your big goal in life? Talk about it as a couple. I think it's very easy when you get married. I know for us newlyweds, we got caught up in the shoulds and the expectations. And if you consider the amount of time and effort, maybe you think, well, at this point in relationship, we should be buying a house. Or we do want to have kids and we're at this age and so we should be doing this. And you need to take a step back. And I don't think enough of us do because we have so much going on. But if you take a step back and talk about it up front, what are you working towards and why? It makes things so much easier in deciding, okay, here are the next few steps we're going to focus on. Because nowadays, in terms of good news, there's a lot of options out there, financial apps and tools that can help you. But then you want to do it all and then you get nothing done. So if you can kind of see, okay, this is important to us because of this. For me, I knew that I wanted to have the option to have more time with my kids for work. So then that made decisions easier. Well, which direction should I go being self-employed with work that allowed me to do that? My husband and I talked about which bills don't really matter to us. So we can pare down, so to speak. So I can have more time with the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, those are discussions to have up front. And yet it seems like, oh, no, I don't have all the answers up front. But at least get that conversation going. And then you're also developing that routine of working together and figuring out what you want to do. Right. So then what happens when maybe a couple, they don't share the same why and they have almost opposing goals? For example, one of the big things with my story is. My husband and I, we were able to save a lot of money last year, $85,000, and it really required him to contribute a lot more of his paycheck than he was doing before. And that was like a big shock to him. So before we even got to that point, obviously, we had to have these conversations. And But I know that my goal to reach financial independence is not opposing to his, but it's definitely something I feel a little bit more strongly about. I know that he wants financial freedom for the family, and I know that he is interested in us being successful with our finances. And so in that regard, we're on the same page. But what happens for a couple that can't get on the same page? What do they do? That is more common than I think some people we admit, we like to think like, oh, yeah, we're on the same page. I know for us, my husband is a natural saver and I wouldn't say I'm a natural spender. I did spend more, but I was more like, I need to do stuff. I have a goal. I want to get stuff done. When we were first engaged, like the retirement accounts, I was doing so much. And what I found, not just with our experience, but talking with other couples, is to focus on what you do agree on. Well, how do you do that? An example I was thinking of is I interviewed Tony from Debt Free Divas and the situation her and her husband were in is that they were like six figures of debt. And so they knew they want to get out of debt. But Tony at that time had discovered Dave Ramsey. You do the Dave Ramsey, there's the Kool-Aid and you're like gazelle intense and you're going to pay it (laughs) off as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And she was on that train. And her husband was not. He was completely like, listen, we have two little kids. This is not going to go anywhere. Right. I want to enjoy this time. So On the surface, it definitely seemed like they could not find a common ground because she was like rice and beans ready to go. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't. And what they found is they focused on what they did agree on. They needed to get out of debt. Mm -hmm. And this was a situation in this case where leading by example had a tremendous effect for them. It wasn't her nagging. It wasn't her saying, okay, we needed to pay down the debt. Look at you. You're still spending money while I'm doing this. She was like, okay, what do we agree on that we're going to do together? And it was a few things with the bills that we're going to cut back, eating out and so forth. But then she took the lead and in her own life, she was packing lunches, she was making these choices. And he began seeing that she was happier, that their numbers were moving down a lot faster than he thought, because he didn't think we're going to stick with this. How is this going to work? And they were still having time as a family. Right. So in that situation... I know we all want to be like, yeah, we're going to do financial independence or we're going to retire early. I say 
Sit down and find that one goal you can agree on that you're both excited about and discuss what that means to you. So with people that are deep in debt, yes, looking at the number is important, but talk about once it's out, once the debt is gone, what is your life going to be like? And when you focus on what you're happy and excited about, like a dream vacation, it becomes easier to find ways to work together. And that's another thing I discovered talking with other couples is that it's not necessarily that you two do the same things. You got married because you each had different gifts. I wouldn't say necessarily opposites attract, but different personalities attract. And so one of you might be great at finding money with coupons and earning extra money on the side. And the other person is great with bills and negotiating debt. Go with that. Play to your strengths. What I've learned also is you can't really expect change overnight and perfection because there are some things I would love to cut out of our budget, like cable. And I feel like we could be a little bit more aggressive in certain areas and more mindful of the way we spend. But then I think back that, wow, but we've come such a long way over a course of a year that I have to basically appreciate that. And so I can't expect Mm -hmm. that he will get on board with cutting cable and losing all his sports channels <laughs> because <laughs> maybe I'd like that, but that's not where he's at right now. He's comfortable with that. And, but you know what? I'm happy that he agreed to put over half of his check into our pre-tax retirement accounts. That's amazing. Yeah. And so it's definitely a compromise getting to a common ground, like you said. Yeah. And I think you and I read probably some of the similar news stories and everything. And we're always fascinated. I know I am with couples that saved a huge amount of money or pay down a huge amount in a certain amount of time. But at the end of the day, you also want to make sure like, what's the point of this point is so we can have more time for each other. We can grow together. Hopefully I want everyone's marriages to last to death, do your part. So sometimes you're not going to move as fast as you want, but because your spouse is on board, your relationship is growing stronger. And yes, you will pay down the debt. Like with Tony and her husband, it took seven years. I mean, it was a massive amount of money, Mm -hmm. but they're out of debt and they're so much happier now because of it. And you kind of laugh when you're on the other side. You're just like, why was I so pushing it to be as fast? Right. We're making, like you mentioned, compromise. It's not a dirty word in a relationship. This is something where you can learn and grow from each other. And you're still working on your finances and your relationship. So I think that's a win-win. Sometimes you got to keep that perspective. We get so caught up in how fast can we knock this down or accomplish this goal? But the point of it is we want to do it together. Mm-hmm. Just because you come upon an epiphany, so say you're with someone and it's been away for a while. Maybe you guys have been in debt or you've been doing something for a certain amount of time and you stumble upon Journey to Launch or Couple Money and you get all these great ideas about (laughs) how to reach financial freedom and get out of debt. But your partner has not had that same epiphany. And so you have to be patient with them because while you probably have seen the light and have walked slowly towards it, they have not seen the light yet. So you can't expect to go home that night after you maybe find something and say to them, hey, this is what we need to do. If they have never before have been exposed to that kind of behavior or concepts, you have to, like you said, you have to definitely take your time with it. So what can couples then do? I know you talk about money dates a lot, which I thought was a brilliant concept for couples. So what are money dates? And there are four of them that you mentioned in the book. So can you just go over that and how couples can set these money dates up to succeed? So we kind of stumbled upon this idea of money dates. And I should take a step back. When we first started, our major goal was to pay off the car loan that I had. Before we got married, I had the credit card debt. So I wanted to pay that off before the wedding. And so we're in this situation where like, we're going to do this. So we're going to do the budget every paycheck that we had. And I have to be honest, it was boring. It was completely (laughs) unmotivating for us. And so when I was researching and we were experimenting, I was learning from others. And that's the power of talking to other couples and taking ideas from them. I saw that it didn't have to be this formal sit down. Let's look at the spreadsheet. We could have some fun with it. So it started evolving and eventually became these money dates. And now we have two kids. So sometimes we go out and we don't have the kids and we relax. They're our favorite restaurant. We sit down and chat. And sometimes the kids are in bed and we're outside and we got the fire pit going and we're talking a couple drinks in our hands. The idea is money has a place. 
it can be a tool to help you guys build the life that you want for yourselves, for your family, for your loved ones. And so we wanted to keep it in its place with these money dates. So it's a situation where we sit down and we talk about the why, and then we go over the numbers. I think we attacked too quickly the numbers and it just wasn't fun. It wasn't encouraging. And for us, it wasn't that motivating because I think when you are at a certain point, like you're paying down debt or you're saving, you kind of hit this plateau. You're like, okay, I could be taking more trips or I could be eating out more. I could be doing this. And it feels like it's a deprivation. And we didn't want that. We wanted to remind ourselves constantly, hey, we've made this choice because we are really looking forward to being financially independent in a few years. Mm-hmm. And then it stops being a sacrifice in a sense, and it becomes more of a deliberate choice. So the money dates for us were about having a way to communicate in a fun way about our money. And then when you're starting off, honestly, it can feel awkward. I had different points of view with money when we first started. He had different points of view. And so we're trying to kind of fill each other out in the common grounds. So the first money dates kind of establishing what you want to go for. In the book, The first one, for example, is about defining what goals you want to work towards. What do you want to do in the next year? Because sometimes it's hard to say, oh, yeah, in 20 years, I want to retire. Or 10 years, I want to retire. Mm -hmm. It's too far away. It doesn't feel real. Right. So you have that big goal. But then what do you want to do by the end of this year, your first year of marriage or whenever you guys are starting it? And then the second date is, okay, we have an idea of what we want to work towards. Let's define it. An example is we all talk about retirement. But what does that mean to you? For Mm -hmm. my husband, he loves staying at home. It's like if we got a house in the mountains, he'd be there chilling. (laughs) And I'm like, I would love to travel the world, like spend a couple months somewhere out of the year, really experience life in someone else's shoe kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So don't assume like, oh, we're going to retire by 40 or 30, whatever you decide. That second date is creating that vision board. And you can do it, you know, online through Pinterest. You can come up with a poster. It's visualizing and defining that goal that you have. And that keeps you motivated. And then once you know where you want to go, then it's time to look at the numbers. Where are you now? And how do you want to get there? So the third data is about creating that first starter budget. And please, anyone that listens to this, your first budget is not going to (laughs) work. I have not met any, even couples that retired at, 33, you know, we we're talking to earlier about Justin, your first budget is just not going to work mm-hmm. because you're still getting used to each other, getting used to what works. It's always going to be a work in progress. So that's what the third one is. And then the fourth one is how do you automate as much as you can? Because I don't know about you, but I have a full life, especially with kids. How did I have time? I feel like now it's like with kids, there's not even enough time and I love hanging out with them. So automating the money has been a tremendous help for us. And so when couples do that, I notice that they are able to reach their goals much more frequently. And it's a lot less stressful because all the tedious little stuff is taken care of. So those first few dates can set up so much. And after that, it's less about, okay, let's go over spreadsheets. It's more like what's working and what's not working for us. Okay. And encouraging each other. So Practically speaking, so say you're listening to this and you want to start setting up money dates. You want to start this process. Do you tell your spouse up front that you want to do four money dates over the course of a certain amount of time? How do you set a money date up? You talked about kind of relaxing and having a drink in your hand for the first money date. So do you have a paper and pen with you to write down your goals or is it all conceptually and then maybe afterwards someone writes something down? I think you definitely should record it. And it depends on the couple. My husband is definitely the tech guy. He puts everything on the phone. And I always have a notepad in my hand. So I would say for the first money day, don't worry about the spreadsheet. (laughs) Believe me, you'll get there soon enough. But just kind of sit down and say, hey, I'm really excited. I've been thinking about how can we have more time for each other, have a little bit more buffer, and kind of approach it like that. Can we sit down and talk about that? Maybe go on a date. That doesn't sound scary. But when you sit down and you're like, hey, honey, can we talk? (laughs) Then you kind of had that in the back of your mind. Even if you know you didn't do anything wrong, it sounds stressful. But just like lay it out. 
hey, I really want to have more time for each other. Or I know you've been thinking about starting a business and I would love for that to happen. Or we talk about traveling. How can we do that in the next few years? When you approach it like that, I think it's less stressful and it puts them in the frame of mind. Okay, we're going to talk about goals. And when you sit down there, then you go, okay, so we have what we want to do. How about next date? And say it's a date. We'll see where we are right now with our numbers so we can make some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be you nail everything exactly. I think some people are scared like, oh, if we commit to something, we're locked in. No, you and I know life changes, especially if you have kids. Right. Things happen and schedules change. But it's so much easier to change direction of something if you already have that momentum going forward. You know what I mean? Right. And then you talked earlier about a budget and how a budget is not always going to be right on your first try. What are the three budgets that a couple can potentially look at creating together and then specifically talk about the couple money budget? Okay. I mean, there's an infinite amount of ways you can spend the money. I was looking at personality types with couples and I noticed there were certain patterns. I know from our experience, certain budgets worked and certain didn't. And three budgets that I thought worked well for a lot of couples. The first one was, it's called the 50-20-30 budget. And it's three buckets. It's for couples where they just don't care to pour over the numbers in each individual transactions. And instead, look at their money holistically and divide it up into three things. So half of your money goes towards essentials. Talking about rent, mortgage, food, your necessary bills, keep the lights on. 20% goes towards your financial goals. And if you're in debt, that would be paying off debt and also saving for the future, investing for retirement. And then this has been helpful for a lot of couples. 30% goes towards your lifestyle choices. Maybe you're a traveler, you love shopping, gym memberships. You have that fun money baked into the budget. And I think a lot of couples like this because it's a great starter budget to kind of get you hooked on the idea of, Let's keep an eye of where our money is going. And with three buckets, it's pretty easy to track. Several people have came up with this. I first heard of it from LearnVest. And it's been incredibly powerful for couples that never budgeted before. It's kind of not their usual routine. And then the opposite, if you're really analytical and you guys love the numbers, I would say a zero-based budget can be great because... It looks at every single penny that you guys are bringing in and giving it a job. We work hard for our money, so we want our money to work hard for us. Mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey is a big proponent of this. The key with the budget is to be aware of where your money's coming and going. Right. And when you have a plan ahead of time, you're more likely to put that money towards that. And you still, again, want to be realistic. So if you're someone who's great with details, you love budgets, this could be very appealing as a starter budget. And there's apps like Every Dollar or Mint and Tiller. And- YNAB yeah. is the one we use. Yeah, so you can still automate it. Some people are like, oh man, I got to do this manually. No, there's so many options out there. And then the last one is the couple money budget. Because I mean, if you write a book, you should have a name. <laughs> right. This is actually based on our experience, which was when we were first married, Situation was, I was wrapping up college, had an internship, and he was his first postgraduate job. So quite simply, it wasn't like we had a ton of money going in. And with an internship, I didn't know how long it would last. It could last a semester, could last longer. And so we made a promise where we're going to live off of his income, since it was more stable. And then we're going to use my income to pay off debt and save and all our other goals. And that's the gist of the couple money budget. This is great for couples that are looking to retire early, which is how do we make the most of our money and then feel like we're both contributing? And I love this because this is a system that can grow with you. You're learning to live off one income and pretty much every couple that's retired significantly early mastered this skill. You invest, you pay down the debt and so forth. And it's mentally easy to keep track of. And this was a bonus for us, not because I was thinking of it at the time, but eventually I was self-employed. And so because my income is variable, this was nice because our day-to-day bills and expenses, we knew were covered. Mm -hmm. So that was less stress off the top. 
I could focus on building a better business versus, oh no, I have to sell and I got to do this and that. I didn't feel the pressure. And then at the same time, I felt like I was contributing because this was going towards paying off this debt or paying off that debt. And then this was going towards, oh, we need to increase our retirement contributions and so forth. So both of us felt like we were having major roles in the finances. And a lot of couples love that. They want to feel like, okay, I'm not just putting this money in the bucket. This is something that we're working towards together. And then one of the things that kind of goes along with all of that is how couples actually manage their finances together. And so there is a school of thought that if you're married, you should definitely just merge your finances because you're sharing a bed. You guys made vows. So shouldn't you just share a bank account? And then there is another school of thought where some people like to keep things a bit separate. So what are your thoughts on if couples should merge their finances or not? I would say, honestly, until I did the podcast, I was definitely more opinionated of what you should be doing. But now I appreciate that there's different ways to handle finances. That said, I think couples should have some of their finances merged for two reasons. The main one is you are working together towards a goal. You're not roommates, you're partners. You know, I focus on married spouses working together on their goals. You're going to have the day-to-day bill. So that's a joint checking account can handle that. And you're going to have hopefully goals that you're saving towards, dreams that you're supporting one another with. So a joint savings account helps. Now, whether you have maybe separate fund money accounts, that's up to you. Naturally, you're going to have separate accounts for your 401ks and your other investments because that's how it works out. But I think even if you decide that you're going to separate your money a little bit more, you should always be on the same page with your finances. So when we do our money dates, we do have some separate accounts like for fun money, but we know the balances. Mm-hmm. I think secrets with accounts just really harm the relationship. I've seen it gone bad. I've also seen it be a protection because sometimes we make a mistake. Let's be honest, no matter if you're so-called good with money, we all make mistakes. And it's nice having that second pair of eyes who can maybe nip it in the bud. You're aware you have an accountability partner. And that can help things from snowballing way out of control. Also, when you are sharing things, it forces you, the second reason, to communicate better. Right. To, I want to spend this money this way. He wants to spend it this way. Okay, what's the compromise? Some people, I think, separate because they want to avoid having a money fight. And my thought is, it's not necessarily bad to have arguments. Sometimes you have to have those difficult discussions. Sometimes you're going to disagree at first, but that's because you are figuring each other out and figuring your relationship out. Right. Yeah. You don't want to shy away from that. Yeah. And I like the fact that you said, even if you're going to keep it separate, that's fine. But then maybe just being open where the other spouse does have access or can see your account if they chose to. So it's still that level of openness, but then each spouse gets to keep whatever individually. And then I also think sometimes because I get asked this question a lot or I see it a lot, there might be one spouse who is totally on track or good with money and wants to save and wants to maybe stop doing what they did before they get into debt. And then there's another spouse who is just a spender and they still spend it on the credit card and they don't get it. And in situations like that, it's almost necessary maybe to keep things a little bit separate. So that way the spouse that is or the partner that is a little bit more responsible can protect some assets and make sure that there's money left over or that they're being responsible. So I do think it's a situation that you have to look at per couple. It's not just a one size fits all. Yeah. And I think that's an opportunity to also discuss what's going on. When people have problems with money, it's really about money. When people have problems with spending, there's something going on. Maybe there's a fear or anxiety that they haven't dealt with. I know some people shy away from it, but this is also an opportunity if you have to get counseling for that situation. In the meantime, of course, you might want to keep things separate, but still be on the same page and share that information, but kind of get to the root of the problem. Money is many times a symptom of something deeper. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes we kind of want to brush that aside, like, oh no, I don't want to deal with that. But it is better to work that out 
and talk with a counselor or talk with a professional therapist, see what's going on. It could be something that you guys could work out together fairly quickly, or it could be something that you guys hadn't even discussed, something maybe from their past or history, maybe a previous marriage they had that they haven't quite dealt with. That's not something you'd want to avoid because you want to avoid a fight, but this is something that if you want a closer relationship, a meaningful and deeper relationship, I know, and it takes time, but you're going to have to deal with it little by little. Okay. And so then they have had the conversations. They are ready to get started. What are some things they can do to boost their bottom line? And what are the low hanging fruits that you talk about to focus on for couples? Well, that's kind of tricky because there's so much to look at, but I would say some of the low hanging fruits are sitting down and looking over your budget and seeing where your money leaks are which sounds like, what do you mean by money leaks? Like subscription services. I was just reading the other day that the average family pays $1,800 a year on subscriptions. Netflix, that's what, $10, $11 or so. You have Hulu, that's another $10 or so. But for that amount of money, there's more going on. So look for those. Also cell phone bills. Nowadays, The big four are always advertising on TV, but there's a lot of opportunity to save money and still get some great service. For example, I use Republic Wireless and I have two lines with them, smartphones. It has unlimited talks, text, data, Wi-Fi data, and some cell data. And I pay about less than 40 bucks a month for two lines, Mm -hmm. one for business, one for personal. So there's a lot of stuff technology-wise that I would say look into. Cable personal finance, we're always talking about cable bills. (laughs) Because nowadays, those bundles are now on average for an American, $162 It's insane. I get so annoyed when we get that cable bill. I'm just like, really? And how many channels, right? It's like, you have your shows. I get that. You have your shows. Your husband might have shows. But there's options like maybe Sling TV, which is $20, $25, where you can buy a package based on the shows you actually watch. So I would say, you know, look at your bills and see what's out there. And you and I talk about this on our site. And I think that's a really good, helpful resource is look at personal finance sites and so forth. People who are maybe a couple steps ahead of you in the journey and see how they save money and talk about it. Which ones seem like that's a good fit for your relationship? And if it's not a good fit for you, then move on to the next tip. Mm -hmm. So those are great tips for looking at the little things in your budget that can make a big difference. And what are some of the big things, though, in your budget or big expenses that one can look at to boost the bottom line? For boosting the bottom line, there's a lot. I would say one thing is food. We love to eat. My background, my family's Puerto Rican. Like food is a social event Mm -hmm. and we enjoy it. But that doesn't mean to eat well, to have people over, we're going to spend a fortune. So things I talk about in the book, like some tips on creating a price book, finding which stores are actually the cheapest, upgrading your cooking. It does not mean you have to become a chef. If you know a few basic culinary skills, like stir fry translates to every cuisine. Mm -hmm. For example, curries. You have the Caribbean curries. You have Indian curries. There's so many different styles of Thai curries. Those don't take expensive food. It just tastes well. And you're eating out less at restaurants because I can make this at home cheaper. If you go out to the restaurant, it's something special. It's something new. Also, nowadays, you can also work for money on the side with side hustles. We kind of have a gig nation economy going on now where you can Uber on the weekends or maybe you're repairing electronics or tutoring. There's a lot of need for the skills that you already have so you can make money on the side. Mm -hmm. Those are excellent tips because... It's really, again, about looking at your income and your expenses and being efficient with both sides to really start seeing a difference together. Okay, and so now a couple is together. And as you know, you kind of mentioned in the beginning that we have all these expectations from just living in this world and society of what our next step should be. And so one of them is to buy a house. And I had a couple guests on actually episode 11, where a couple, Christy and Bryce, decided not to buy a house. They said that was not going to be what they were going to do. They were going to instead invest that money and retire early instead. 
And then I had Kendra on episode 12, where her and her husband, they invest in real estate, which is a big life decision and life change that a couple can do. So buying a house. And then the next one is having a baby, having a child. So bringing a life into this world is not only just amazing, but it can be expensive, especially depending on where you live and if you need daycare. How can couples prepare for those big life moments? I would say after couples discuss and they said, you know what, this is part of our why, this is part of our goals. The good news is if your goal is buying a house or a family, there's a lot of similarities, which is, okay, let's look at our income right now. What do we need to do in terms of saving that money? Expenses, what's going out, what's really important for us? And I'll take the home buying, for instance. If you're going to go for a mortgage, and most of us do when we are buying our place, it's paying down that debt because you want to have a great credit score. You want to have less debt so you can approve for a better mortgage rate and for mortgage that fits you. So definitely run the numbers, start paying down that debt, work together on how much you want to save. And for a lot of couples, 20%, depending on the country you're in, can be a huge chunk of change. So be realistic, start talking and researching. So for our house, even though the process from the official hunt to signing the papers was about six months, we were looking and planning for two years in the area. And this was our second house. We were looking like, okay, which neighborhoods in Raleigh fit our goals? We were looking, are we in the middle of everything that we like to do? That means we'll use the car less, that saves money. Um, You know, we're by friends. That means we can hang out on the cheap. What good schools are in the area, commute for work for my husband. All those factors went in. So doing their homework up front is good with kids. Babies and kids are not as expensive as some of those news stories say, but it can be pricey, especially like you mentioned with daycare. So how do you prepare for it is when you find out you're pregnant or even beforehand, Start making that transition and imagine that you're living on one income Mm -hmm. and start banking that money because some parents, they don't know into the situation. Maybe they want to stay home with the kids full time. Maybe they want to do it part time like they cut back on work, but you can't do that if you don't have any money saved. It makes it a lot easier if you have that money banked away and you've proven to yourselves that you can do it and you want to do it before the kids arrived and you're exhausted and tired and down the line with the third trimester, you don't have any energy. For my first baby, it went fairly well. The second one, I was sick till the day I gave birth to her. Mm -hmm. And so what gave me peace of mind is I knew that we had the savings. So talk to your friends in the area. What should they expect for the hospital bills and diapers and so forth? And tap into your network. There's a lot of opportunity to save money on certain baby supplies and other baby supplies like car seats, you probably want to go ahead and get new. Right. But other things you might say, you know what? This is not important to me. Like for my first kid, she had all these awesome outfits, <laughs> but she spit up on most of them. Right. You're thinking, you know what? For the pictures and family visits and all that, we'll have the nice clothes. But day to day, it's okay to have friends hand me downs or go to the baby consignment store. You know, those things are ways you can save. And still spend on the parts you feel that are important to you. It's funny because I have two kids and three and a one-year-old and they're both boys and they're both born around the same time in June. So the baby, the one-year-old, we're talking about Halloween coming up. And I was just like, well, he's just going to wear the outfit that his older brother had last year. And we'll probably just keep doing that until he realizes and he can make the choice for himself that (laughs) he wants his own outfit. But again, yes, it doesn't have to be... As expensive with certain items, you can really find ways to cut back. Yeah. Great tips. Thank you. Now, we've been talking about couples, and I know your podcast is all about couple money, but let's just touch upon people who are single and dating. So not necessarily committed in a marriage, but and maybe not even committed in a one-on-one relationship, but they are looking to hopefully one day have a partner. And maybe they have some prospects that they're dating. How can they approach money with someone? Should it be brought up on a first date? I'm assuming you're going to say no, but maybe not. What do you do? How do you approach the subject with someone that you are interested in? I'm going to cheat and say sort of. You're going to do it on the sly. I think for most people, like you mentioned, you're looking for a partner. 
you know, you're looking for someone that compliments you, you guys are on the same page on the big stuff, right? So I think it's great to talk about your goals first on a date. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be interrogating them, but it can be something casual the first, second date. Hey, you're working here. You're doing this. Do you think you're going to be doing this in five years? Is this something where you want to continue or do you want to start your own business? Are you going to stay local? I mean, you're feeling them out. You're trying to see where they want to go, right? No one wants to be with someone who's a gambler that's like heavily in debt and has a problem. But I think most of us are looking for what are you valuing and does your money kind of reflect that Mm -hmm. or you're trying to work towards that. And so start talking about those goals gently. Well, what are you hoping to do in the next few years or this year? What would you like to do? And then once you start hearing from them that they have certain goals, ask them, how do you think you'll get there? They can lay it out and you get an idea if they have a general sense of where they want to go. If they tell you they're going to start their own business, it's going to be a million dollar business, but here they are also talking about their car loans and pieces. Then you can say, okay, maybe this is someone who's a dreamer. And then you can decide what you want to do with the relationship. But start with the goals, start with the values, because money tends to follow that. So not just what they say and what they do. Right. And then it's so important to approach the situation or have the conversations earlier than later because... It's just so important in a relationship because if you don't have the conversations, eventually all these feelings can bubble up or things you didn't know about can start to come to the surface. It really is. Once your heart is in something, it is really hard to pull out of it, even if it's not a good or safe situation for you. And I think being upfront, you don't have to say, okay, what's your credit score? What's your debt? What's this and that? But you can ask, what are your goals? What we see with Equifax, it's like, oh, this is crazy. I had to check my credit score just to make sure everything's okay. Do they even know what you're talking about? Those little things on the side where you can kind of gently prod and see if they're interested in that and see what they're working towards. And then you can go deeper. Don't jump into the money. I think it gets everyone nervous and tense. I think some people are more uncomfortable talking about money than some other topics which is kind of crazy yeah. since money affects so many decisions in a relationship. Yeah, that's my advice is start talking about that with your idea of what are your dreams, what are your goals, and what are your values? Right. Well, these are all great and excellent tips. And I definitely think and I hope that journeyers listening, new listeners are really getting some great information about how to approach their partner and spouse and maybe a potential love interest <laughs> about <laughs> money. And because as you can see, it's very important. And if you have two people working towards one goal, you'll be able to get there much quicker than if you're on your own doing it. So thank you so much, Elle, once again, for joining us. And where can people find you if they want to hear your podcast and learn more about what you do? Yeah, I have the site, podcast, videos, everything is over at couplemoney.com. You can also find me in Twitter and Facebook at Couple Money. And we talk about marriage and finances and how to work together. All right. So I know I'll be definitely checking out some more of your stuff. And thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Elle. If you want to get in touch with her, listen to her podcast, go to couplemoney.com. Search for a couple money in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I want you to think about what you can take away, like what nuggets you can now use in your life. So do you potentially want to start having money dates with your partner? Have you started talking about finances with your partner? Are you guys on the same page? Are you not? Just start to think about what you can use from this episode to go forward and improve your financial life and stability because I'm all about action. So a lot of times, I I mean, I do this too, right? We listen to podcasts, we hear all this great information and we're like, oh, that's really good. And then you file it in the back of your head, but we're not going to do that. We are going to start implementing, right? So again, if you can take notes and things pop out at you, write them down and implement them. So set a money date, set a time to at least maybe just write down a budget together. You can do these things. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 18. You can find everything that we talked about over there. 
as I mentioned, just a couple more housekeeping things. If you are enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen, especially iTunes. Also, if you want to join our private Facebook community with all the other cool journeyers, come on over. You can join at journeytolaunch.com slash community. Okay, so I'm not going to make you wait any longer on to the two big announcements. So first off, if you are in New York City and you're listening to this, you will see me today on your local news station. So if you have News 12, which runs on Optimum and Spectrum cable networks, you'll see me. I am actually going to be on a weekly segment. I don't know how long it will last, but as of now, it's a weekly segment with Christy from News 12 Bronx and News 12 Brooklyn. So if you are in local New York and you have News 12 through Spectrum or Optimum, you'll be able to see me on your TV screens talking all about finance. Every week we will be discussing different finance topics. I'm really excited. This is my first time on TV. It's been a great experience so far. Christy has been so great to work with. And so for you guys that are not in the New York area or who don't have News 12, I will definitely try to get those clips up online for you so you can see them. But I'm really excited. So today is November 8th. I should say that first. If you're listening in real time, it's November 8th. And so the segment will start premiering on Wednesday, November 8th, which is today. And if you're watching News 12 Bronx, it's going to air at 4 p.m., If you're watching News 12 Brooklyn, it's going to air at 5 p.m. And then they're actually supposed to repeat throughout the days and weeks. So I'm not sure of the exact times. But again, I will try to get the online clips and post it on my social media or my Facebook page. So I'm really excited for you guys to see it. I haven't even seen them yet. So I'm going to be watching with you guys. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about, because it's actually just bigger than what I just said. And what I just said was pretty big, is that... I actually reveal something or Christy, he helps me reveal something on this intro episode that's airing today. And that is that I'm expecting (laughs) baby number three is on the way. And if you listen to last week's episode where I talked about wanting to make Journey to Launch my full time gig, you might have heard more of the urgency in my voice. And that's because I am pregnant. And I really want to make this work before baby number three is here. So I'm due next May. Obviously, this is a big deal for our family. It's something that's going to just really change how we are everything, finances, the trajectory of financial independence. So I can't wait to dive deeper into this topic with you, how an expanding family affects all that. But we're excited. And I don't know, I guess... (laughs) I guess that's it. So I hope you enjoyed my two big announcements and I will speak to you guys next week. 